I think every year that we go home, I always brag on all of you. I brag on your singing ability. And how amazing it sounds that 200 plus or around 200 young people, they come together and they sing without worry. That you sing without thought of what the person next to you or behind you sounds like or what they think that you sound like. That you just sing. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. That's right. I wish we could teach it to our churches back home. Mm -hmm. You know, I preach probably close to 100 sermons a year. And I'm always thankful that Michael asked me to preach up here, but to me this is the most challenging. It's challenging because all of you are here because you want to be here. Yeah. You're here because you want to learn something. You're here because you love God, you love His Word. You're here because you want to grow in your faith. You're here because you want to have a better understanding of God and His will for you and His grace and how all of that works and how it's put together and what it means for you personally in your life and how all that unfolds in the life of a 10 to... 18-year-old and above. You know, it's not like that every Sunday morning where I preach. Not everybody's there because they want to be there, sadly. And that's why it's so challenging, because y'all are here because you want to be here. And I appreciate that. The story is told of an older gentleman who was riding on a trolley car in Los Angeles at the next stop, a peculiar-looking woman stepped on the car. She was dressed in what only could be described as red handkerchiefs that have been pieced and sewn together. She had a, a shawl over her head with long uh, strands of glitter and sequins that were hanging down. And the only seat that was left on the car was next to this gentleman. And so she slowly made her way, and she sat down beside him. It wasn't long before she looked over at him, and she said, For a quarter, I'll tell you your fortune. That was back when a quarter would buy more than five M&Ms out of a vending machine. Um, but he looked at her, and he said, well, I think that's going to be unnecessary. And she was kind of surprised by that. And he said, because I have a book that has already told me my fortune. And she was surprised by that, and she said, a, a book. <laughs> and he said, yes, a book. It's already told me my past my present, and my future. So I don't have any worries. I'm not going to need your services. I don't need you to tell me my fortune. I have a book that tells me, has already told me, my past, my present, and my future. And he reached into his pocket, and he pulled out his handy pocket New Testament. And if you don't have one of these, a pocket New Testament, I would encourage you to get one. 
And I would encourage you to keep it in your pocket and take it wherever you go. Because I've noticed that since I've started carrying a, a, a Bible in my pocket, I read it a whole lot more. When I find myself in maybe the doctor's waiting room with nothing to do, well, I've got a Bible, I can open it up and I can read it. Well, back to the story. <clears throat> he, he grabbed his Bible and he opened up to Ephesians chapter 2 and he began to read to her. He said, here is my past. He said, and we were once dead in our sins and trespasses in which we once walked, following after the course of this world, following after the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and our mind, who by nature are children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. He said, that's my past. You know, all children of God have a past. All of us. All Christians have a similar history. At one time, all Christians were rebellious, God-ignoring, self-serving, slaves to the world, carrying out their own desires, right? We all have a similar past. We all have that in common. But for some of you, that is your present. For some of you here tonight, that is your right now. You are dead in your sins. The Bible says so. Because you're not one of his children yet. That's your present. And in that state... God's Word tells us that we are doomed. If you keep reading in Ephesians chapter 2, God's Word tells us that we're without hope. We're without a purpose. We're without meaning. If that's you, I would encourage you to give that some serious thoughts. Because you are following your own way. You're serving yourself. You're, you're going a way that seems right to you, but God's Word tells us that the way, the end of that way is death because you're already dead in your sins and your trespasses. And he looked at the lady and he says, that's my past. Now, let me share with you my, my present. He keeps reading. He says, but God, rich in mercy, and because of the great love with which He loved us, He made us alive in Christ. By grace we have been saved. Let me start over. I left something out. <laughs> it happens sometimes. He said, But God, rich in mercy, and because of the great love with which He loved us, while we were dead in our sins, He made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says, that's my present. Amen. He says, but God. Did you know that is the biggest but in the Bible? But God. It's not but Sean. 
It's not but Michael or but Chad or but your teachers or but your friends or but your parents. It's none of those people. The only name that can go in that place is God. But God. That's it. He's the only one. And if you look at those texts, he says, you were dead in your sins, but God made you alive in Christ. He says, you were held captive by the things, or you were held captive by the prince of the power of the air, but God raised you up. He says, you were enslaved to your own passions of the the world, but God has seated you in the heavenly places. He says, you were destined to be object of God's wrath, but God has immeasurable riches of grace and kindness in Christ Jesus. That's the present life of a child of God. Someone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ, his his finished work on, on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection. He was immersed in Jesus, raised to be walk, raised to walk a life immersed in Christ. That's your present. You have nothing to worry about. Nothing whatsoever. Because the Bible promises you, as long as you listen to the shepherd's voice and you follow him, there is nothing to worry about. You know, we could sit here and we could talk all for the rest of the two weeks about what we like, what we love, what we're thankful about God. And we would never exhaust the topic. But I want to share you, one of my favorite things about God is He loves us so much that when we come to Him, He will not allow us to stay the way we are. He will not. He refuses to allow us to stay the way that we are. When we come to God, He picks us up, He shakes us, He turns us upside down, He changes everything about us. And then you know what He does? He sends us back out into the world Mm -hmm. as lights and as living sacrifices so that we could go tell the but God story. This is what I was, but God has now transformed me into this, the image of his son. Well, the guy kept going, the gentleman sitting there next to this uh, little lady, and he said, that's my present Now let me tell you about my future. So that in the ages to come, He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness in Jesus Christ. I don't know much about the ages to come except what the Bible says, but I know this. I want to be there. I know I want to be found in Christ. I can't imagine the grace and the mercy and the love that I've experienced now and am experiencing now in my life But to see the immeasurable riches of it in eternity, in heaven, as I bask and as I rest in the very presence of the one who created me and the one who recreated me and the one who is presently living inside me. How amazing is that going to be? That's the past the present, and the future. 
but God. You know, we need to celebrate those two words. We need to find joy in those two words. They're powerful words, but God. This is what I was. This is what I was destined for. This is what I was, was going to take place in my life as a, as a rebellious human being. But God has changed me. He's transformed me. In any, in every bitter thing that happens in your life, any and every joyous thing that happens in your life from this day forward until the day of your death, God promises that He can use that and you and, and, and use that in a way for your good. To bring about His will and His purpose. And any unfathomable joy and riches that we will experience as we rest in His presence for eternity is all because of those two words. But God. I don't know. What happened to that little lady that sat down beside him on that trolley car? But the question is, what will you do with the information that you have? What will you do with the information of knowing that if you're not a child of God, you are an object of His wrath. You are dead in your sins, in your trespasses. The life that you are living is, is completely self-centered and self-fulfilling. And in the end, if that's the way you choose to live, you will die without hope. I'm not trying to scare you. I just want you to know that's the truth of God's Word. But God has provided a plan for you. Not just for you, but for any and everybody who's willing to listen. Who's willing to have ears that will hear and a heart that will receive and a heart that will take that seed and allow it to grow and to bear fruit. And that will realize that's the truth of my present condition. As an object of God's wrath. But God has told me. If I will put my faith. In the finished work of his son. And I will exercise that faith. By willing, by I'm willing to, to let God pick me up. Turn me upside down. Shake me up. And change my life. And it's going to hurt. And it's going to require change. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But to know that when I'm immersed in Christ and I'm raised to walk a new creation, that God will see me as perfect as he sees his son, that I've been recreated and I am righteous and holy and blameless before him, and that I continue to, to live that way, and express my gratitude and my thankfulness, my love for God for what He's done for me. 
that I will get to experience the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness in Christ Jesus. Who are you? Are you living in the past? Are you living in your sin? Or are you living as a child of God? What will you do with the truth of God's Word? We reject it? Or we receive it and plant it in your heart and allow it to save your souls?